Welcome to Fist of the South Side. My name is Chris, and this is my podcast on martial arts and self-defense. Well, uh, things are getting real scary out there. Um, white supremacists are running around. We've got tons of reports of women getting attacked, and uh, I really don't see things getting any better anytime soon. And I've said this numerous times, but self-defense is basically what we have to do when our society is failing. Um, And it's getting a lot scarier. So this episode, I'm going to talk about the second strategy. Um, I mentioned there's two basic strategies in self-defense, which is stun and run, and, and then the second strategy is doing serious damage. And obviously in an ideal world, no one is being threatened and attacked to begin with. And short of that, all you have to do, you know, in a secondary ideal world, all you have to do is knock people down and run away. But we don't we don't get to live in that world. So, obviously as a podcast, I cannot tell you the exact techniques and methods, and I cannot train you through, through just words here. You really do need training for the stuff. But I do want to give you some, some things to consider as you go through it. Um... When I say do serious damage, it is important to remember the first point of why you're doing this. The point of any self-defense is to make yourself safer. And so if you're not able to get away and you have to engage someone physically, then the point is to stop them from harming you so that you can get away. So in that way, both stun and run and do serious damage are, are identical. It's just a matter of, of scale and why it's needed. If I can shove someone down and run away and not be hurt, that would be my preferred choice. However, if someone is showing that they are committed to doing you serious harm, that if you knock them down, they're just going to get up or they're going to come after you or they could shoot you or whatever, then you have to understand that, that, that you know knocking them down is not enough. It may not buy you the time you need to get away. There may be uh, indications that they are seriously trying to put you in the hospital or kill you, in which case you have to do more force. You have to do something that will stop them from being able to continue attacking you. Now, most of the time when self-defense people talk about this, they usually, they usually kind of start, you know, go from like, oh, restraint to like, you know, combative action to lethal force, and that they kind of split it like that. But again, my main focus is what keeps you safe so that you can get away, and if you have to use force, Keeping in mind, you're using force specifically just to stop them so that you can get away. And this isn't out of some like, oh, you know, you shouldn't, you should never use lethal force. It's really bad. Uh, I mean, there's really good reasons not to take human life. Um, But the reason is this, is that sometimes people focus on the wrong things. For example, I train in a knife art. And one thing I will tell you about every knife art I've seen um, that, that deals with knives combatively is they always train for overkill. That is to say, whatever the traditional forms are, the drills, the, the combinations, they always train to overkill because the fact is people may not go unconscious. They may not fall down from pain. Um, you may have to do a ton of damage before they stop attacking you and you're the one using a knife. So, Um, and you know, you can look up reports of people who survived knife attacks. Many of them didn't realize they were stabbed or they just felt numbness. So pain isn't stopping them. 
and they maybe didn't even realize they were stay up till 20 minutes after the altercation. So, you know, if someone passes out 20 minutes after they beat you to death, it didn't protect you at all. So, understand, even though a knife can be lethal, if it doesn't stop the person from attacking you, it didn't do the job. That's the same thing for a gun, same thing for anything. You know, it could be lethal, maybe you'll kill them later, um, or they're on the road to death, but if it doesn't stop them from acting, which is your main thing, then you're in trouble. So, understand, even though you could be using lethal force, that's not your real goal. Your real goal is just to make them stop in whichever way is necessary. So, I'm putting this out there because, um, you know, I've seen a lot of training and styles with like, oh yeah, and then, then you do this and, you know, they'll, they'll bleed out. And I'm like, well, will they bleed out fast enough? Do you know that? What is your move after to make sure you're not getting hit, stabbed, shot, beaten to death with a stick while you're waiting for that to happen? Or how do you know they're going to drop? Uh, you, you don't, you know, you do your best and you got to assume that maybe this person will have a little extra in them. So when it comes to these things about doing serious damage, the main thing I look at is not so much is this lethal as my goal. I look at it as will this stop them from being able to act? And so my main goal actually is doing damage to bone, muscle, and tendon. Because if it physically doesn't work, you know, if you, if you break that arm, that arm cannot work to hurt you. And uh, that's more important than the actual fact of, you know, you know, than, than, than trying to punish them or something like that, that people get in their head. Like, the person may deserve punishment, but the reality is what you need is safety. And those aren't always the same thing. So, having said all that, what are some things you need to think about? And when is, like, let's start with when is it, when does this make sense? Well, if a person's coming after you with a weapon, you know, it's not like they just picked up, you know, if they picked up something random, like, a, I don't know, you're in a grocery store and they picked up, like, a bag of fruit and threw it at you. That's not really, they're not really trying to hurt you. You know what I mean? They're, they may be trying to hurt you, but it's not a serious weapon. But if someone's coming at you with a knife, a stick, a gun, that's someone who's really trying to hurt you. And at uh, that point, doing serious damage is warranted because you need to stop them from being able to hurt you. And weapons uh, weapons can put people in the hospital or in the grave very quickly. So, if someone's using a weapon, you know, if you can't get away, then you are warranted in doing the damage you need to so that they can't use the weapon. Well, that means you break their arm. Um, you know, if you break their leg and they can't chase after you, if you knock them out whatever needs to happen so that they can't come after you with the weapon. That's usually the place where that's warranted. Obviously, look at your laws. Your your city or state may have requirements. Um, most places have requirements that you try and run away. Some places have requirements that you may have to say, leave me alone, like three times. There's different laws. But the basic thing is that if they're coming after you with a weapon, you have to understand they mean business. Um, you know, if it wasn't, hey, give me your stuff, and you give them the stuff and they go away, Beyond that, use of weapons means they're really trying to hurt you. So, uh, what do you do in those cases? Well, one, get your training to deal with weapons. Weapons are a lot about range and distance. And uh, knowing what angles they can do things at and what they can't. And a lot of dealing with weapons, um, at least hand weapons, is being able to control the arm, jamming it up, um, get them off balance, and get that weapon away or destroy the arm that's using the weapon. 
So that's stuff you can only do through training. You can only do it through training with other people. Uh, you're not going to get this from, you know, setting up a, a practice dummy or a heavy bag. You, you need to practice with other people. And you need to be training under people who know what they're doing so that you can train safely and not get hurt in your training, but also train realistically so you don't get hurt when you need to use it. The other thing is that if someone's coming after you with a weapon, you should be looking to use a weapon yourself. Uh, I mentioned before that there are things like pepper spray, flashlights that you can carry in your pocket, different tools to help protect yourself. Obviously, if you've got one, that's the first thing you should primarily practice with. You know, the thing that you will have with you most of the time is probably the best thing to practice with. Beyond that, you should also look at practicing with things that you could find on the street or, you know, your workspace or wherever you you are regularly because those things can be used as makeshift weapons and you should also practice with using the weapons that are attacking you. Uh, in part because that will teach you how they work and in part because if uh, someone's coming after you with a weapon and they've got more friends and you get the weapon from them, that's your weapon now. You get to use it. Um, you're using it to protect yourself. So these are all important things to consider. Now, beyond weapons, there's also the issue of multiple people. I mentioned at the very beginning there's a lot of targeted violence. Targeted violence in groups is also very dangerous. When we talk about barehanded fights and people getting hospitalized or killed, very often it's a group versus one person or a larger group versus a smaller group. And that's because you get a pack mentality. Um, everyone who's involved uh, in the larger group is usually sort of egging each other on. They kind of want to show off for each other and they get more and more violent. A uh, person usually gets knocked down and on the ground serious damage happens because gravity is working for folks and when you're on the ground you don't have the ability to really give with the blow. So uh, just as much as a, you know, when a weapon comes out you got to get rid of the weapon, when there's a large group if you can't get away you got to reduce their numbers and that's where serious damage comes in. You break a leg, you break an arm, um, you mess a guy up pretty bad and he can't keep fighting that's one less person that's coming after you. The other thing you really have to think about with those is you have to kind of play with grappling a bit. And when I say play with grappling a bit, I don't mean getting down and locking people up. Um, if you go to ground fighting with a group, they will get you. The main thing that helps in dealing with a group is mobility. So your grappling here is mostly about throwing them off balance and either dragging them one way or shoving them another way to use them as a shield or to get them to tangle up with their other friends. Because if I have to choose between having four guys jump me at once or I'm tangling one guy and his other friend is trying to get to me but I'm shoving him in the way, I'm only dealing with two people and one of them I have kind of under control. It makes more sense to do it that way. Um, and doing the serious damage is necessary to keep them from getting back up and joining the pack again. And sometimes, you know, if you can do enough damage to one or two people, you know, they might pause and try and figure out how they're going to go about this, and that gives you time to run. That is a possibility. Uh, if there is a possibility that other help may come for you, you may buy yourself time for other help to come for you. Usually, though, um, when there's this kind of violence, they're either picking a place where, you know, no help will come, or that they're counting on people to do nothing. So... Um, likewise, uh, the other thing with groups is weapons. You know, obviously, even if they don't have weapons, you may want to pull out your own self-defense tool to protect yourself and do that damage, because that can be an equalizer. Um, so that's the basics, is 
if there's weapons, if there's multiple people, you can, you can just assume they're there to do serious harm. The third case I would say that is if they have basically, if they are attacking you in a location that lets you know they had to have sort of pre-planned things or stocked or like there's a higher intent. If someone comes into your home, there's a higher intent. If someone is, um, you know, if it's an abusive stalker, that's someone with high intent. And odds are pretty good that they've planned this out and they thought about it. And a, a stun run's probably not going to work. You're probably going to want to stop them from being able to hurt you so you can get away and get some help. Because that is someone who thought about and said, I'm coming after you. And now here they are. So that's the setup for that. Um, all these things do require training. They do require practice. You do want practice with someone who knows what they're doing. You want to be able to do it safely. And um, these things will start out usually with basic drills. You know, uh, one of the drills I have people do in dealing with multiple attackers is I have the multiple people who are the quote unquote attackers first start by just standing in sort of maybe a semicircle. And the other person has to think about, you know, the person who's doing this practice has to think about how would you maneuver around them? You know, if they just, if magically somehow they held still, what are your positions? Because um, figuring out how positions work when someone isn't moving is the beginning. Then I have everyone sort of start taking a step or two. They're not attacking or punching, but they're taking steps. Because if you can figure out how to maneuver around their body masses, then we can start talking about the specifics. And then we turn it up. And then it's like, okay, everyone reaches and they're just going to try and touch your shoulder. And if they touch your shoulder, so what? But the thing is, what do you do to get them off of you and not let them surround you or, or crowd you? Um, and then we go to pushing and then you go to punches. Or, and then you can start moving up, right? And as you move up with increasing difficulty and increasing unpredictability, the person who's training can learn to adapt and deal, right? You start with easy and then you move to hard. At some point, you have to do stress testing, and stress testing is where it's not doesn't have to be full force hits, but it has to be continuous aggression, and it has to be more difficult. It has to be more difficult than whatever the person's used to. And uh, stress testing is tough; it sucks, but it is where you finally bring everything together, and you have to do this in your training. Whatever your training is. You know, I've said this before, you want to do weapons, multiple opponents, bad situations, and under stress. Because that is what that is what self-defense involves. So please stay safe, folks. Um, please email me, yellowson at earthlink.net, Y-E-L-O-S-O-N. And um, let me know if there's topics you'd like me to cover. Take care.